You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We've got you covered there looking ahead to NFL free agency and the draft. i got uh, player rankings there you can check out in both formats, as well as my latest mock draft and a preview of a free agency position by position that you can check out there at SportingNews.com here on Locked on Fantasy Football, we've been using some of that knowledge to look back a little bit on the production of all the teams around the league in 2020 and then the challenges that are facing them with this offseason early in 2021. So previewing a bit uh, what's coming up with free agency and draft as well as the current state of their team and uh, how this uh, team is uh, making the bridge from last season's production to this season's potential. So we are through half the league, so we took care of all the teams in the AFC East, NFC East. AFC North, NFC North, and now we have to turn to the Souths and West. So today uh, we'll kick off our look at the AFC South with the Houston Texans, and then through it all we'll get through the Colts, Jaguars, and Titans, and then we'll break in if there's any uh, special there, if there's another trade like we did with the Matthew Stafford-Jared Goff situation or Carson Wentz. Uh, we're obviously under Sean Watson watch, so that ties in well with us talking about the Texans Today, before we get into the Texans, I got to tell you, today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, so we got to talk about the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson made his uh, trade demands firmer that he's even willing to sit out and miss time here for them to make it happen. So we thought they might be having a change of heart and wanting to keep Watson, but you look at the season last year, 48-23 passing yards, uh, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 8.9 yards per attempt. Just great numbers overall. Then he added 444 yards rushing and 3 more TDs. Played all 16 games. Very effective. So added another 44.4 points there through the air. This is uh, for 6-point six six passing touchdown leagues. 23.52 average points per game for Deshaun Watson. He was number five in overall quarterback seven in scoring. Seventh, I will say, in the average scoring. So however you look at it, he was a solid upper-tier QB1 here. And I think we have the expectation wherever Deshaun Watson goes with his immense talent as a passer and as a, ba- as a baseline runner here that he's going to be very productive. So... The Texans are going to have a massive void. I don't care who they bring in, if it's like a Teddy Bridgewater type or Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, one of these guys, they might get in a trade or Tua Tagovola, someone like that. Whether it's a rookie or a different type of veteran, they're going to have a drop-off at this position. They're just going to take their lumps. I mean, Watson got it done wherever was out there. He did got it done when Will Ford and Brand Cooks were his guys. He recovered nicely from DeAndre Hopkins in that trade. He made it work with David Johnson as they moved Hopkins to the Cardinals to get David Johnson in the backfield. He made it work late in the season with Kiki Kuti and Chad Hansen. He made do with uh, Darren Fells and uh, Jordan Akins at tight end. So he's just an elite talent. Talent is the number one thing in fantasy football. 
Again, he produced uh, despite losing his go-to guy. They did adjust a little bit nicely with not only Brand Cooks, but Randall Cobb. But again, Fuller wasn't available down the stretch with the suspension. Cooks had his share of injuries here. So all things considered, very impressive season for Deshaun Watson. Reality and fantasy-wise, however you slice it. So wherever he goes, we're going to think he's going to have the same type of upside because you figure that team is going to be highly motivated to make things better around Watson, give him the right receiving core, make sure the offensive line is okay, give him some supporting players at tight end and running back to uh, catch passes there short to intermediate-wise. So he's going to be well taken care of wherever he goes. Again, just a good player all around. You're a very good athlete, very big arm. You can do everything out there. Leadership, young veteran, very healthy and durable. We've seen after he had that uh, knee injury early in his career, he's been uh, pretty solid here. He he ran around and uh, stood up and still made a lot of plays last year. Again, getting Larry Tunsil's helped, that's for sure. He still was sacked 49 times last year, so still can take the abuse. And part of it is that he's going to extend plays, trying to move out of the pocket, try to get the ball downfield as much as possible. So there it comes with that. But again, you figure he's just going to step into a better situation for a team that aggressively tries to acquire him. And the expectation still is that Deshaun Watson will not be in Houston when it's all said and done. So Deshaun Watson, ex-Texan, future fantasy football stud for another team is what we totally see here in 2021. Now, we turn to running back. I mentioned David Johnson, that acquisition. He was able to stay healthy for 12 games, which is a big deal for him. 75% of the season, he scores 13.6 points per game and half-point PPR. And it was a 19th in overall scoring, 16th in points per game. That put him solidly in the RB2 range. This is probably what we expected. If you said that he was going to have 1,005 yards from scrimmage and 8 TDs, and say he's going to be pretty valuable. You can play him as an RB2 or flex especially in half-point or full-point PPR type formats where receiving is key, you say, yeah, we would totally buy into that. Now, his uh, receptions dropped a little to about 33 in those 12 games, but probably would have uh, hit over 50 if he had played all 16 very easily. So keep that in mind. The Duke Johnson behind him, 6.4 points there in half-point PPR. So not much of a super sub when David Johnson was out. They had a piecemeal production together with a bunch of guys in there in that four games. So... Duke was an easy contract to cut here. The former Brown, he was uh, one of the casualties here to help uh, free up cap space for the Texans in 2021. So, yeah, so David definitely had some good value. 13.6, that's solid. You're looking for about 14 from that uh, spot that you really feel good about an RB2, and that's what you got in this half-point PPR format there. So, David Johnson, we'll see if they keep him as a centerpiece, uh, different coaching staff and all that. But uh, Duke certainly was expendable here, and that's exactly what happened. So maybe a little bit more motivation to keep uh, David Johnson on this team here in uh, 2021. All right, so there's a look at the Texans quarterback and running back production when the challenges that face them ahead here in 2021. We still need to get and look back at wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense. And we'll close the show looking at uh, the Texans' salary cap situation, who's a free agent for them that they have to be concerned about, and uh, where they stand in terms of their draft haul before Watson trade here going in uh, to the nuts and bolts player acquisition, uh, player loss part of the NFL offseason. So we'll do that in our next couple segments, and we'll do that with every team, and that's what we've been doing here. So the Colts, Jaguars, and Titans will get the same treatment there. But first, got to tell you that 
Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag now or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code locked on. Check it out at betonline.ag. Again, that promo code is locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to see how Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks did in their first years as the go-to guys in committee for the Texans in 2020. All right, uh, let's uh, get into the Texans wide receiver production, shall we, in a moment. But first, got to tell you, Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is the relationship broken between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's uh, go into where we stand here with the Texans and their wide receiver production. It was very good. Yeah, Brandon Cooks finished 15th overall, 12.8 points per game. He was 18th in average uh, points per game in half-point PPR. Will Fuller finished 28th, despite missing those uh, games at the end of the season with the suspension for the PEDs. So he ends up solid at uh, 28th, 14.8, but that put him overall as 6th. So that's a big jump there. Just a couple more points uh, there. So Fuller, really, when he was healthy, was a... uh, Wide receiver one in every sense of that. So he played 11 games. He missed five. 879 eight. So he was headed to like 12 and 12 there with those numbers. 1,200 receiving yards and 12 TDs. That would have been an exceptional season. Exactly what you would expect to be a wide receiver one. So Fuller was massive, but the suspension, you only needed 53 catches to do so. We said the 8.9 yards per attempt for Watson. 879 yards, only 53 catches here on 75 targets for Fuller there, uh, 16.6 per catch there. So very special field stretcher. He's been that way since being drafted in the first round out of Notre Dame. The problem with him is just being able to stay healthy, stay on the field. And he found a new way to get off the field here with the suspension. So that was frustrating. But look at Brandon Cooks. He's Mr. Reliable coming over from the Rams. 119 catches. 80 or 119 targets, I should say. 81 catches. 11.50 and 6. But that put him into solid Wide receiver two category here at number 18. So it would have been incredible if he had 119 catches. You would have put it past him. But 81 is still a healthy number. He was very active. He was actually healthy for 15 or 16 games coming off an injury-riddled season with the Rams. So that was good to see. Again, the six TDs, pretty solid. Again, if uh, you played another game, you would have maybe bumped it up a little bit more. But, yeah, however you look at him, he was definitely a very valuable wide receiver two that – I said that the value is going to be pretty even between these guys, and Cooks might even outscore Fuller as being more reliable, and I was part right. I mean, Fuller was the more explosive receiver and headed to a studly season, but suspension really uh, tipped things in favor of Cooks in terms of availability, and that's why you saw in the end that Cooks, 15th and 18th, he was a wide receiver too all the way, while you had Fuller drop because of his missing almost a third of the season here where he dropped from the number six when he was out there and healthy to down to 28th. So, again, that's a 
what five games can do when you're in a high trajectory there. It can drop you from a higher-end wide receiver one all the way to one of the last wide receiver threes in terms of scoring, and uh, that's what we saw here with Wolf Fuller. You look at the other receivers, you had uh, Kiki Kuti, 8.8 points per game, 54th. There uh, you had Randall Cobb, 8.162nd, then uh, Chad Hansen, 7.6. So remember Hansen and Cobb and QT had to play a little bit more when Cooks was banged up for that game and Fuller missed those five games down the stretch. They really had to adjust quite a bit here for Deshaun Watson again. More tribute and a testament to Watson that he gets it done with anyone out there, but certainly he wasn't totally left alone, and part of it is the fact that Watson lifted these receivers as well without Hopkins. I mean, he's a big reason why Cooks and Fuller were successful. They had good connections, threw it downfield, extended plays. He had, in his own right, Cooks averaged 14.2 yards per catch, so he was pretty active as well. He can take those short passes and get in the open field and use his quickness to make big plays, but he was involved in getting downfield as well for Deshaun Watson. So, obviously, if Watson leaves, it's going to really uh, hurt Cooks' value. He's going to have to find chemistry with someone else. I mean, Cooks, though, we've seen his history, whether it's been with the Saints or the Patriots and the Rams. He tends to get the job done pretty consistently, underrated receiver. He's not going to really flash you with all those big games, but he's going to be pretty valuable here. So, we'll watch that situation carefully. Will Fuller is a different story. We'll get into that here coming off the uh, five-game suspension to close the season. So that'll be in our final segment because Fuller is a free agent. We'll discuss uh, how he's being perceived here by both the Texans and on the outside and uh, the kind of investment teams are going to make in him. Now at tight end, you had uh, the combination of Darren Fells and Jordan Akins. I mean, these guys are pretty tight here. 5.1 points. For Fells, 5.0. That was the average for Aikens, an average PPR half point scoring there. 31st and 32nd, 26th and 27th. However, you slice it, they were right next to each other, pretty interchangeable. So the numbers specifically 21 catches, 312 and 4 for Fells. You had Jordan Aikens, 37, 403 and 1. So he only had one TD, which probably surprised some people that he had a few big games along the way, but. Yeah, not much to see there with either receiver here. And Fells a little bit bump up because he scored a couple times while Aikens only scored once here. So, yeah, we need a lot to see. And then maybe it'll change here with the Texans' direction away from Bill O'Brien. Maybe use the tight ends again. Maybe prioritize that position. We'll see. They're kind of handcuffed here to really go after a guy to improve there necessarily. So, yeah, I still think this is going to be a wide receiver team. The 11 personnel Tight end still going to be an afterthought. They'll use the back of uh, the backfield as well to catch passes. So whoever's a tight end probably is going to look at uh, the fifth option here, and that's not enough, especially if they take this committee approach as well and have two guys split it down the middle like they do right now with Fells and Aikens. At kicker, it was a disappointing season for Kamai Fairbairn. He had 8.3 points per game, 15, so he fell off uh, – a starting status in 12-team leagues there, not enough. You want to shoot for 9 to 10 points as your baseline if you're still using kickers in your league. So something concerning there. And then finally, looking at uh, the defense special teams, uh, 2.6. We talked about the Detroit Lions being the worst. Well, the Texans were the penultimate team, and both these teams fired their coaches. So we know their uh, defensive struggles are well-documented. The Texans need to get much better on the side of the ball. We know those were tied to... Sean Watson's high passing volume, nearly getting to 5,000 yards passing. 
as well as uh, just have to relentlessly throw in games and uh, produce here. So, again, Texans are going to need a lot of improvement here. Said goodbye to J.J. Watt, their longtime stalwart stud. He was getting a little bit older. They couldn't quite afford him. So, again, Texans in full rebuilding mode, and they'll go spiraling down much deeper to that if they uh, move Deshaun Watson here. So, yeah, tough season ahead for the Texans potentially even tougher than going 4-12 because the offseason could be brutal here. We thought uh, trading Hopkins was tough and a shocker. Well, Texans moving Watt and Watson in the same offseason is just uh, not something we expected to see so quickly that this Texans team could uh, suddenly have no real face in the franchise or identity after they had uh, so many good guys for so long in Houston. All right, so we'll break down the Texans and how they can maybe get better here with their free agency situation and draft picks in our final segment. But before we do that, i got to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even delicious. with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. This goes along with their 12 amazing original flavors that include German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All the bars you get from Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. You lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And all the bars you get from Built Bar are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for anyone on a keto diet. Just take the flavor profile of their peanut butter bar. 19 grams protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams sugar. Only 5 grams net carbs. And believe me, once you get your first mix box of Built Bar, you want to try them all. You want to get all the flavors in there, the different styles. You got the crispy version of the Built Bar. So many ways that you can uh, enjoy the yummy protein bar goodness of, that Built Bar has to offer for you. And it's easy to get in on Built Bar. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com. And now you can save with the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's locked on 20, and you'll get 20% off your next order there. It doesn't matter if you've already shopped there before. They want to keep getting there, and believe me, you'll want to take advantage of that 20% off. Great deal. Go get some more built bars or get your first built bars now. Again, that's the promo code locked on 20 for 20% off at builtbar.com. We'll be right back here to uh, close the show, looking at uh, what the Texans are faced with in free agency and the draft. All right, uh, time to uh, close, looking at uh, what challenges facing Texans beyond trading Watson potentially here. We'll get into that in a moment. But I have to remind you about Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian Matt giving a national perspective all around the NFL Covering all the latest news and insight in every game team moving around the NFL. Get your previews and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right. The Texans are around $16 million under the cap. That's after the trade of or release of J.J. Watt. So had to get some cap relief there. Deshaun Watson, they'd have to designate him as a trade for... June 1st to make this work because then they would eat only 5.4 million in dead money. They can't make it work otherwise. 10.54 million in relief would come there if they designate Watson as a June 1st trade here. So that would put them around 26 million. Would they move on from 
David Johnson here. I think they want to keep him, especially with Duke gone. They could move on from Brandon Cooks without any dead money for $12 million. I don't know if they would do that here uh, because they need somebody to catch the ball and be effective here if they need to make some cuts. But, yeah, we'll see if the Texans are going in full fire sale mode, and that would be indicated by also moving Johnson and Cooks and making them cuts along with Watson in in a trade so we'll watch that defensively if they wanted to save them some money they could cut bernard mckinney the linebacker and bradley roby that would be a combined 14.4 million if they want to save that but again we'll see what the texans do i think they're going to be caught in limbo between rebuilding and just like cleaning house here and uh, that's always tough to see with a team but yeah i would think most of their cap moves have been made at this moment but we'll see how they move along here with uh, the Watson deal and uh, things how they shake out there with it. Uh, sorry, sorry to see that happen, but it looks like it's definitely going to happen here with Watson at this point. Now, another issue is that Will Fuller's a free agent. If you move on from Deshaun Watson, that means probably Will Fuller doesn't want to be back and not going to take a bargain deal to return. Teams want a big player, stretch the field receiver with his speed for sure. Maybe the Chiefs look at him as that big play thrown on the outside. There are going to be a lot of teams definitely interested in the services of Will Fuller. Now, Texans also might be having some trepidation because he's got an injury history. He's got the suspension. Fuller definitely would want out of there. He's had his career with Watson and been productive with him. Maybe he'll follow Watson to wherever he goes. So I think however you look at it, I don't think Will Fuller will be returning to the Texans. So that leaves a big void. And again, Cooks could be a dominant number one here just by volume alone with the targets and all that for whoever the Texans quarterback ends up being in 2021, whether it's Watson or someone else, if, especially if Fuller leaves. You figure they'll try to have to replace Fuller more with a rookie than uh, with the veteran. A $16 million is about where you can get Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. That's going to be their franchise tag or yearly values here so that really puts Texans in a bind here to a really upgrade should they keep Watson and then uh, they probably will spiral it again cleaning house a little bit more should they not keep Watson tough to hear about that in the draft they only have eight picks too they don't have a first rounder because that goes to the Dolphins so they don't have that high pick in number three overall because they made the Laramie Tunsil trade so they have eight picks starting at number 67. That's their first time they'll enter the draft in the second round. 100, 113, 131, 164, 178, 188, and 195. So, again, really hard to operate without a first-round pick. That's also motivation, trying to get multiple first-rounders here out of Watson or at least uh, package your picks this year and then uh, pile some uh, first-round picks up for future years. So, yeah, it's... A lot of uh, challenges facing the Texans. Jack Easterby, this front office with Nick Casario. Just a mix of guys from other teams. They're trying to establish the Patriots way here. Dip into some things that Bill Belichick did. They hired a coach from the Ravens. So we're not sure exactly what the Texans are doing. And uh, moving Watson again, at least that'll improve their draft pick status so they can go after some more help here now. We don't know what they're going to do. I think they'll probably look at the defensive line here if they've moved uh, Watt. They're pretty good at the linebacker still here on the second level. So that's one of their better positions. We'll see if they keep Roby. They'll need to upgrade their secondary still here. Again, they could uh, move on from McKinney because they have Zach Cunningham to anchor their linebacker core. But you think it's going to be a defensive investment with that first pick there for the Texans. Uh, 
potential wide receiver could be in the mix if they lose Fuller and depending on what they do at quarterback. Then if they acquire extra picks, you figure they'll target a quarterback early in the first round, uh, namely Zach Wilson, if they can get that pick away from the Jets at number two or the Dolphins at number three. And then it could change things up as well if uh, they get Darnold or Tagovola as compensation there. So a lot of things yet to be determined with how those Texans picks will play out. If they expand those, if they add first rounders, if they add a second rounder, all these type of things that we're going to watch for with Houston and the offseason. So very unpredictable offseason ahead, but it seems like the most predictable thing is that Watson will be moved once they get a reasonable offer to do so at some point before the league year starts in the middle of March. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of your Houston Texans, or 2020 season review, 2021 offseason and preview. It's a fun series. We've enjoyed it so far. We try to bring you no-nonsense, direct, straight-to-the-point information you're looking for in under a half an hour. We're going to do that with all the teams here before it's all said and done. So now we're through 17 teams. So if you missed any of those teams, check it out. If you missed any of our off-season trade analysis, check those things out. But we'll move on and uh, get to the rest of 15 teams starting next with the Colts. Again, breaking news. We'll pop in here with all the analysis you need. And uh, as we get closer to free agency, we'll uh, take a deep dive into that. You can also check out my breakdown of the top offensive skill free agents here. That show is up as well for you. So a lot of good stuff yet to come. We'll get uh, more deeper and deeper into the draft here as we get closer to that. And the calendar turns to April, but we're here in March. It's time to focus on free agency. We'll keep doing that here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. So up next will be the Colts and again, Jaguars, Titans to follow. Then we'll wrap things up with the NFC South, the AFC West, and NFC West. So we'll go in that order alphabetically there once we get into those divisions there. Easy to find those shows and know roughly when we're going to put those up here for you on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.